Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good uh, Thursday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you getting up early and joining the Macamac guys here on Birds 365. That would be John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you for the next two hours. J-Mac, how you feeling this morning? Uh, great. You know, it's WrestleMania season, my favorite season. I got to start there. It's opening day. You got uh, March Madness. What what more could you ask for? And And the biggest one of all. Football is king, Jody. Yeah, football, football is, is king. king. That's that's why we're here on Birds 365 every single day. Um, I will add this to the mix. It was cold this morning. After yeah, it was. Oh, man. Days, man. Went outside and going, oh, man, got to get the dog out early this morning. I said, uh, I, isn't I, it day, opening day? Man, it's not supposed to be this cold on opening day. I got news for you, Jody. My, my neighbor down the block has this big flagpole. So I'm very cognizant of the wind at all times oh, because I can see the flag uh, flapping in the wind. Yesterday, it was tre- last night, it was tremendously still. So I'm, I'm, it, for us over here in my area of South Jersey, it was recycling day. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put the recycling out, the boxes, all that kind of stuff. I wake up this morning, all 
all over the place. All over the just place. blown all over the place. Yeah, I'm, little, I'm, I'm living nasty. in Chicago in three hours. A little yeah. nasty out there on uh, opening day here in uh, Philadelphia, even though the Phillies will be down in uh, the Lone Star State taking on the Rangers. You don't want to get me started with that. How stupid that is that the Phillies aren't playing the Braves or the Mets or even the Nats or uh, the Texas Rangers. What a rivalry, the Philadelphia Phillies and Texas Rangers. It makes uh, some sense to go south, but what do we know? Yeah, somebody's got to play up north. You can't play all the games down south. All right, uh, here's where I want to start today. And, yeah, we got plenty to continue to analyze what Jeff Laurie said and Nick Sirianni said at the uh, league meetings. And uh, we will uh, touch on what Harry Roseman has done during this offseason because we've got an ex-NFL executive joining us today. And we got a great Eagle guest early. I think Kratz is going to join us in uh, about 15 minutes or so. But here's where I want to start. Another guy we have on as a guest. Uh, and when we do, it's usually on a Thursday, but we just had him last Thursday. So we went away. We will try probably try and get him up and talk about this very thing when we have him next Thursday on Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, one of our favorite websites uh, do a nice job with Brandon Lee Gowton and John Stolness, who joins us uh, regularly here on the show. Uh, Stolness whipped up a list. You know, I love lists. Anybody who does this for a living loves lists. Um of the top quarterbacks in the NFC. Now, I'm asking you not to look it up, Johnny, all right? First of all, have you seen it? I have not. You have not. Good. Uh, so don't look it up while we're here on the air. He lists upwards of 20-some-odd quarterbacks. He goes all the way in. Oh, he's going, he's the, going the to backups. backup guys. I yes. like it. I um, like it. But, but I, I'm interested in the top. I got a comment or two on the backups, but at the uh, top of the list. See if you can run down the top quarterbacks in the NFL for them, in order. NFC? Well, I got NFC think about, only. I got to think about all the teams. Um, it, first of all, I, I assume we have to keep Aaron Rodgers in the NFC because no. he's in the NFC right now. No? Yeah, he is, but if so we're the, taking these we're taking, Well, that's why Aaron Rodgers is out. Yeah, we're taking him out. Yeah. Um, that was my first question. It's a good one. Uh, it, it, Jalen's number one. Jalen is number one. That would be correct. And man, how one year can change. Who would have had Jalen Hurts as the number one quarterback in the NFC 12 months ago? Yeah, he earned it. No shot. Um, He he earned it. Uh, He earned it. This time last year, no shot. Um, But he he played at a, you know, second in the MVP race. So, and the MVPs in the AFC. So, Um, and Aaron Rodgers is leaving. If you want to, stand on legacy and, and, and longevity. He's leaving. Yep. Uh, he's going to Jody's jets. So uh, we're taking him out of the equation. I would still, by the way, put Jalen hurts ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Begrudging. You know how big of an Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we both are. but, yeah. but, but, you know, he's aging and he's not the same as he, as he once was. So um, then, yeah, I thought about this. He's number two in the NFC. You can make an argument for Kirk Cousins. I'm, just, I'm not looking at teams or lists, so I'm just thinking off that. You can make an argument for Matthew Stafford if he comes back healthy. You can make an argument for Derek Carr, who's now in the NFC. I'm trying to think, who am I missing? Um, uh, boy, it's a bad group. <laughs> it doesn't jump off the page it. It doesn't. It's a bad group. I don't even know who who the starting quarterback is going to be in San Francisco. I know you're higher on Brock Purdy than me. I still can't put it in the back of my mind that 
they got to give Trey Lance another chance. You got to after what you've done to get him. Um, but we'll see. And they have Sam Darnold, by the way, who might be the best of the lot. <laughs> I can make an argument for it. Yeah, you, you, you got to try that one. With Kyle Shanahan, I can make an argument for it. Um, uh, Kyler Murray, I guess you got to put it in the mix if he's healthy. That's the first know, name just, you've thrown out there. That's the first name that you've thrown out there that did not make Johnny Stolnitz's top ten. Top twenty. Oh, top ten. He <laughs> did not gonna, make their top his top. No, nah, that's NFC wrong. I love John. I love John, but that's wrong. I mean, that kid's got uh, tremendous well, we'll, talent. We'll see after we run him down if you All say right. that's wrong. Uh, I'm going to say number two right now is is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford would come in at number eight. Hmm. So he's, uh, he's got he's got a lot of confidence. List. He's got a lot of confidence in guys. I don't have confidence. Right. And it's it's and the way he organized the list was partially what they did just this past year. Stafford did next to nothing. Partially what they've done for their entire I forgot career. Dak. I should have put Dak funny. in the Dak should Dak be Prescott two. is number two. He should be three. Two. Three? Who yeah. am I missing? Not Daniel Jones. Not Sam Howell. Um Let's see. New Orleans, I've got Derek Carr. I mentioned Derek Carr. Um, Think NFC North. NFC North. Uh, Jared Goff. I'd like Jared Goff. I should have put Jared. I mentioned Jared Goff before. Uh, Yeah, I don't have a problem with Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff is number two. Dak is number three. You mentioned uh, moving quickly onto the list and up pretty high in the list is Derek Carr at number four. Um, number five, Geno Smith, who had had that good a season for the Seahawks, even though he's had the career that he's had, which is nothing to write home about. He had a great season. He belongs in that area. I don't have a problem with that. He's number five. He's way too, I'll say right now, look, there's Cousins is way too low on this list. Way too low. Oh, so you did look at the list. No, I didn't look at the list. Oh, okay. I'm I haven't even he gotten the cut. Wait, wait till you hear. Oh, my God. Number yeah. six, Justin Fields, Detroit Lions, oh, uh, Chicago I'm... Bears. That's that's a little John, speculative. We got to get and John on the show, man. You know got, I, I, got, I, I, I love Justin Fields, so I'm not going to bemoan that at all. Daniel Jones at number seven, Stafford at eight, and despite the fact that he is ahead of Kirk Cousins, who's number 10, Yes, I do believe Brock, Brock Purdy is being disrespected at number nine. I think he absolutely deserves to be higher. I mean, come on. Guy was look, undefeated. I love, I love John Stolness. I love Jody McDonald. I mean, what are we doing here? Brock Purdy above Kirk Cousins? That I mean, would be correct. Look, there, there's some, you know, people get this block in their heads about certain people or coaches you know i know john well enough to know he doesn't like jonathan gannon for instance i mean he doesn't like him he thinks he's bad he thinks he's terrible i mean you know once you get to that point you got to take a step back and say what am i doing here i mean kirk cousins is kirk cousins i don't know how many damn pro bowls he's been to i don't know how many yards he's thrown i don't know how many touchdowns how many hundred passer rating seasons i get it he craps the bed in big spots. I mean, he's been a good quarterback for a long time. I can't put, you know, 
there, Dak Prescott, yeah. I, I would put Dak number two. I forgot about Dak. I, I would put Dak number two ahead of Matthew Stafford. Goff. Who, who uh, Jared Goff, I said on this show, is better than people think. I have no problem with Jared Goff being ahead of Kirk Cousins. But some of these guys, on even Geno Smith, uh, coming off the season he had, I wouldn't go that far. It's only one season, and we got more of a track record of bad seasons than good seasons for Geno Smith. But I was very impressed by Geno Smith. I mean, we got it. We got to wait on Justin Fields and Brock Purdy. I mean, these are credible. Derek Carr as well. Derek Carr's a credible NFL quarterback. That's the word I would use. Kirk Cousins is a very credible NFL quarterback. By the way, coming off a 13th stinking win season. True. Uh, with, with, with maybe one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Literally. I'm not even, that's not hyperbole. One of the worst defenses I've ever seen. And he, and he managed to win 13 games because they, they're going up and down the field. I, I, you know, there's, you know, there's mental blocks in certain, certain. I, I would agree that Kirk Cousins is a little bit low to be at number 10. Yes. I, I know where Stolmas is coming from. And you, when you're putting together these type of lists, you can, it's unbelievably subjective. How much emphasis do you put on just the previous year? How much do you put on their entire career? How much do you put on projecting going forward? What kind of they, they, that can shape the list? Whatever criteria you use is going to shape your list. He, whatever criteria you use, I think he undersold Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's he's a little bit higher than than number ten for me. I do appreciate the fact that he's projecting Justin Fields to have this big year in Chicago because you know how big a fan I am of his. And yeah, I think you and a lot of others are not giving Brock Purdy his due just because he was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, and- I, I'll admit that, that I talked about blocks. You know, I'll admit, you know, part of it is, you know, short sample size, pedigree. I talk about pedigree all the time. I, right, I, but I, in this I'm, case, I think you're holding his pedigree against him. I I said, I'm in, I'm admitting to that. Part of it is Kyle Shanahan. But I know what he does with quarterbacks. Um, I think he schemed them up quite a bit. Um, you know, I if you were asking, but but, but honest, and, and this is where I get really honest, and I, I think I'm better than most, to be honest, overcoming these blocks if you ask me to put money on who's going to be the san francisco 49ers quarterback i'm putting money on the field i'm I'm putting money that it's not going to be brock purdy then it is going to be brock purdy so that's where i get to the so in other words if i got skin in the game i think i think kyle's going in a different direction i now trey lance might crap the bed I thought, you know, I thought when it, speaking of Kirk Cousins, I thought maybe one of the under things that could happen, sort of sea changes in the NFC that people didn't expect, was him trading for Kirk Cousins and trading Trey Lance and he's a Minnesota kid, and they want to go younger, and and they have a, one of those general managers that wants to sort of tear things down and rebuild. I thought maybe we would see that seismic ship trade and, and Kyle go, cause Kyle's loved Kirk cousins for years um, dating back to Washington. Um, I thought maybe 
that would be one of the things that would come that people didn't see. I I don't even think he's going to be the starting quarterback in Sam. Uh, uh, okay. My honest opinion, I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback. I I honestly, uh, well, I thought there was no chance of Kirk Cousins being traded to San Francisco because while Kyle Shanahan has a lot of sway out there, the general manager still runs the show, and John Lynch went out and got himself J. J. Brown Hargrave this year rather than to trade for Kirk Cousins. That was their big off-season play with the space that they do or don't have under the cap. You go get Kirk Cousins, you, oh, now all of a sudden you're paying a franchise quarterback where you've got a chance. Well, to this still- is way before free agency. I thought this would happen. This is this is early in the process. Right. I thought one of the seismic uh, – I thought, look, I think he knows he's not good enough at quarterback. I think he's known that for years dating back to Jimmy Garoppolo and he's this close to being a Super Bowl team, being a super, he's been a Super Bowl team, being right. a Super Bowl winner. I thought maybe they would go for it. Yeah, but they haven't. And, um, but I, I, again, if you ask me, if you ask me to bet my own money, I would bet the field. Here's the problem with both yours. And if you're reading Kyle Shen, uh, uh, Kyle Shannon's mind correctly, you're banking on a guy to put you over the top who's shown nothing in his career, but the inability to put a team over the top that he's a great regular season quarterback, but in a big spot, he folds like a $2 tent that there's faulty logic. Well, not, not necessarily because the logic is, well, the logic is, well, Kyle knows him. Kyle loves him. Kyle thinks he's a great player. No, number one, number two, you're going from maybe the worst defense in the NFL to maybe the best defense in the NFL. That's a bit of more of a compliment. And yeah, they had a great offense in Minnesota, but they have a great they have great skill position players in San Francisco, and they, they have a a, a a comparable offensive line. So he's not losing that much on the offensive side. Maybe a little bit. You know, there's only one Justin Jefferson. Maybe a little bit. But, you know, George Kittle's every bit as good as T.J. Hawkinson. You know, the running game, maybe they don't have the marquee player of Dalvin Cook, but they, they, they certainly run the football well. And then you go from, again, no hyperbole, maybe the worst one of the worst defenses I've ever seen, to one of the best defenses in the current NFL, which admittedly is the current NFL. You can only go so high, but. Jeffrey Lurie talked about that out in Arizona, but that's the best you can do defensively. So, you know, it's it, it's it's the ultimate team game for a reason. I'm with you with Kirk. You know, he hasn't proven anything in big games, but he's, he's always had a terrible defense. Uh, even even when he first got, I shouldn't say that when he but first then, got the minutes. John, how does how does Kirk Cousins win 13 regular season games playing? Uh, op- opposite the worst defense in the NFL. Well, you saw it. Were they good? Am I underselling it? That no, defense? no, 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 no. So, they, they, but yet, as soon as they get to the playoffs, see you later. Bye. Why? How? How did they lose to, to a New York Giant team in their house? With, Daniel uh, Jones went up and down the field. Daniel Jones looked like Tom Brady. But if Kirk is that good, he's got to be able to outscore Daniel Jones. He did it. He did it thirteen times in seventeen games this year. How could he not outscore the Giants in the playoffs? Well, I I mean I understand what you're saying. Look, if you have to, you know, there are certain guys who are going to, 
I'm not calling him Tom Brady. I'm not calling him Aaron Rodgers. There are certain guys who are going to, you know, win because they're the better team and they're going to find a way, even if their defense has a, has a crappy, uh, crappy outing. They consistently had a crappy outing. There was a little bit, they, they set an NFL record for one score games wins in the regular season, Minnesota. So part of that was as the word NFL coaches hate to hear, Kevin O'Connor will hate to hear luck. They got lucky. Yep. Greg Joseph is hitting a 61-yard field goal. Bang. Game winner. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Remember that catch in Buffalo? I mean, luck, Jody. Luck. There were a lot of games they could have lost, but that one little thing went their way, and all of a sudden, you know, come on. You're you're losing to Daniel Jones. who God, Daniel Jones improved so much. I give him all the credit in the world. But you saw the Eagles' defense against Daniel Jones the next week. I mean, he went up and down the field on a ro- on the road, looked it like he was unstoppable, unstoppable. Yeah, well, that's the defense. I okay. mean, let's be honest. John, you, everything you said is accurate, but I can't get past the fact that he wins 13 regular season games while carrying the worst defense in the National Football League. As soon as you get to the playoffs, he loses at home to a lesser opponent. Uh, well, uh, and it that's happens fine, year after two- year after year after year. If we're talking about track record, Kirk, Res- Kirk uh, Cousins' track record is what it is. Great number getter, regular season, uh, biggest stage, he folds up. And, and that's a track hey, record. Uh, that, and that, you that, want to go back and then blame it on the defense. Well, then he was well, good I enough to get them I, over all those games during the regular season with the same shit defense. Well, then why couldn't he do it in the playoffs? Because well, the guy's I, a choker. I, I, here, here, here's there's, – there's levels, right? But like you're saying, you're, you're, you're putting it one way. I'm saying – and we got to get to our buddy Ed Kratz. I can't get the past – I can't get past – he won 13 games with the worst defense I've ever seen. I, I can't get past this. They were in that spot. I can't get past that. I look at it that way. But also, Jody, I'm not saying he's better than Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying he's better than Brock Purdy. I'm I'm saying Brock Purdy's better. <laughs> Brock Purdy, you know what Brock Purdy did this year, John? He won a playoff game. Uh, That's something that escapes Kirk Cousins every time you turn around. At least does Debo Samuel have anything to game. do with that? Does Does George Kittle? Does Nick Bosa? Does the number one Justin Jefferson have anything to do with Cousins? We go back and forth on this all day, John. I mean, uh, come they on. they both have good uh, players around them. That's Give a me, given. I, I'm go, I'm going to put the over under at five, and I'm going to look it up in the break. When Brock Purdy hits five 100 passer rating seasons, then come talk to me and say Brock Purdy's better than Kirk Cousins. Give me a break. Well, I, all I know is Brock Purdy won a playoff game last year, and uh, Kirk Cousins didn't. Lost at home to a team that had won four less games. Well, he's won him. a playoff game. I mean, that, if that's – I mean, that's – come on. Eight, that's eight, eight years, he's won I one. I, Brock I, Purdy's played nine games, he's won one. I, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Ask, ask Kyle Shanahan who the better quarterback is. I guarantee you your answer. I guarantee okay. your answer. Okay. Um, well, Brock, and I do believe Brock Purdy will be the 49ers starting quarterback, but we shall see. All right, Eddie Kratz from Sports Illustrated is up next. We punch up Big Ed K here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Join us. Did a good job uh, covering all the stuff out in Arizona for SI.com. And one such article that he wrote this week was about a defensive end from Northwestern who the Eagles might have eyes on. Don't go down this road. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm putting special ed to the test right off the bat. What what is that? uh, What is the name of that uh, defensive end from Northwestern (laughs) who the Eagles may be looking to draft this year, Ed? You know, Jody, if you would have asked me two days ago when I wrote the story and it was on the tip of my tongue, I'd be able to tell you uh, it's going to take some practice. Adi, I think it's Adi Tommy, Adi Tamiwa, Adi Bawe, something, something like that. Uh, I, I do not. 
I I I I feel bad for uh, Merrill Reese. <laughs> he's <laughs> he got to get that down for Ed, years. By to the come. way, yeah, Ed's on to something because this same thing we went through with Halapuli Bati Bata, and that's not nearly as difficult as this. I, no. you know, the Eagles are going to take this kid just to screw with us, and <laughs> probably later in the draft. But I'm looking at him, John. He had a nickname, Big V. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, and I can't him. I guarantee you this kid's got a nickname. I don't know what it is, but right. I guarantee it. And there's a smart people out in Northwestern, but they gave him a nickname. Trust me. Well, listen, the the way you say his name, I know the first name and the last name is identical. The way you start to say the name, it's Adi something, Adi something. So maybe it's Adi Adi. Uh, I'm going to go Adi Tamwa, Adi Baware. <laughs> there, I gave it a stop. shot. I'm going to stop with Adi. Yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna call gonna, him Adi from now I'm gonna on. call him Big A. Two eighty four. He's not as big as Big V. Yeah, it's a, but it's I'm a gonna tough call one. him Big A. That's a tough one. But he's a tough kid, and he's a kid that you know could could draw the eye of the Eagles for sure. Uh, a couple mock drafts from NFL media types had the Eagles taking him. He's a guy that can. Where do they play. have him taking him? Well, uh, I think Eric and Chad. Well, no, they had him taking him. Uh, one of them had them trading down to 23 wow, with the Vikings and taking really? him at 23 and picking up another third round pick. I didn't know he was a first round guy. Yeah. I, I know. He came out of the senior bowl with like a third round grade, but apparently yeah, he that's really what well I thought. I thought in Indy. And he was also, and, and uh, one of the other NFL media types had him taken uh, at number 30 from the Eagles. Well, so. I got to look more into him. I didn't yeah. know he was, he was shooting up the board like that. So maybe, yeah, uh, big A. Um, he's a little, he's a bit of a tweener. Uh, he's about 6'2", 285. Uh, but, you know, listen, you can certainly gain weight in that Eagles program and get yourself up near 300 if, if you need be. But he's a guy like Milton Williams that can go inside and out. Um, he, he's played both. He's played, the you know, the three-eye and the, and the outside, the six-eye, I guess it would be. So he, he can play along that defensive front in different spots. And that could be something that attracts the Eagles. They love versatility in their players. And Ade certainly seems to have that. Ade. I like it. All right, we'll go Ade. We'll yeah, go I like Ade. It. I like Ade. By the way, Jody, uh, Ed's got a busy morning um, after he's on with us. He's going to be on with John Stolness. We didn't even know this. We're talking about John's. Uh, you're going to be on John's podcast. Do me a favor. Rip John over his top ten NFC quarterbacks. Absurd. He's got Ted. He's got Kirk Cousins behind. Brock Purdy and Justin Fields. There's some, there's some, there's some projection there. Let's just say that. Are there's you trying projection. to drag me into this argument? You I'm guys trying to drag. No, I'm not. Actually, you talked about versatility. I'm yeah. not trying. I just thought it was ironic. We just yeah. brought he, Jody didn't know you were going to be on with John. I did. I did not. Um, know. Uh, you talked about versatility. Terrell Edmonds was a strange signing to me. Because, you know, the Eagles have been playing this Fangio-style defense. You don't have a strong safety, free safety. You have a left safety, right safety. They don't want a box safety. And all of a sudden, they sign a box safety. What What is your theory behind that? To me, it's, well, all right, maybe it's just, you know, the value is so much. We'll just get the player. Uh, that's the best player we can get at this point. Or I think a lot of Eagles fans would be more excited by the thought it might signal that they play a little bit differently 
defensively? Which is more likely to you? Yeah, I think they needed bodies at safety, and he was probably the best of a, of a very thin crop. Uh, I mean, I know there were some other guys out there. I think Adrian Amos was still available. He might still be out there. But uh, Edmonds has a really good track record uh, of playing a lot of games and being very successful. Mike Tomlin loved him in Pittsburgh. Um, the Eagles had great success signing Javon Hargrave from the Steelers. I mean, these Steelers players come in and they know how to play. Uh, and, and they're smart, heady football players. So I, I think it was probably a little of both. That yeah, he's he's they needed bodies. He was probably the best one out there in their estimation. And then maybe it will signal a little bit of a change with Sean Desai uh, and how he operates his defense. Maybe he will play it a little bit differently. Um, but I don't think that changes the philosophy of Sirianni. He does not want to get beat over the top. You know, explosive plays are still one of the things that, you know, he values in his defense, not giving those up. So uh, I'm not sure how different it's going to look. It might look a little bit different on occasion, maybe week to week. But I just think Terrell Edmonds was too good of a player and had too good of a track record. And the Eagles needed safeties. They signed Justin Evans and now Terrell Edmonds. And now they go into the draft. They may not take a safety. You know, they've covered their bases at that position. Um at least not on the first day, I should say, they wouldn't take a safety. They might, I doubt it. They never have. But I think Edmonds gives them that luxury of now looking at other positions in the draft and maybe taking one later. All right, Ed. Uh, Jeffrey Laurie and Nick Sirianni both spoke glowingly about Brian Johnson. Uh, they asked Nick about uh, the making the decisions on the staff and Laurie as well, but didn't know that Nick interviewed 12 linebacker coaches before he decided to select the linebacker coach that he did, that he put the time and effort with. Well, it was a no-brainer, Brian Johnson. They moved right past that. He's this young quarterback coach that Nick Giuliani loved. Are they putting pressure on Brian Johnson? Because I think you're with us. John and I are both huge Shane Steichen fans and think his ability to call games on Sunday is going to be de very difficult to replace. If you listen to the coach and or the owner the other day, not an issue. We're just plugging Brian Johnson in. How much pressure is him on, on him as the play call of the Eagles this year? Yeah, well, he's, I don't, I don't know if he did it at the university of Florida. I mean, remember he was the offensive coordinator when uh, Kyle Trask was at Florida and uh, uh, Kadarius Tony. Uh, was scoring a lot of touchdowns there. So I'm not sure how many plays he called in Florida. I, I would think he probably called the plays at Florida. So uh, we'll get to he the was bottom. Like, he, he called the plays at time. They they sort of toggled back and forth. Yeah. I forget who the head coach was, but the head coach was uh, – Dan Mullen. Was it Dan Mullen? The was, he still, Mullen yeah. was he there? Um, I think so so. The, he, he called them at times, but it was he wasn't a full-time play caller. Yeah, listen, I, I'm with Sirianni and Lurie on this. I think it's going to be seamless, to be honest. I mean, yeah, there'll be some pressure on them. There's pressure on every, you know, coach and player in that building to to go out and execute and put game plans together and win. But uh, I'm I think Johnson's going to be fine. I really do. I think he's a smart, young, rising coach in this league. I think he's going to be another Shane Steichen. To be perfectly honest, he's going to put his time in as the OC here. He's going to have success with Jalen Hurts, which you know he's already helped develop. And he's going to probably move on to be a head coach. That's kind of how I feel about it. I'm a, you know, I'm a big Brian Johnson believer. I think he's going to be just fine. I think that transition to being a play caller is going to be seamless. He's got okay. the spring and the summer to work on it. Right. And then 
preseason games and whatnot. So, you know, I think he'll be ready when the curtain goes up to call plays. And are all the plays going to work? No, not not every play does work. But he's going to be consistent, I think, uh, with the success that he's going to have it as the OC and the play caller. And he was the full-time play caller at Utah and um, Houston. Um, so he, he has been the full-time play caller at places in the past before. So yeah. that that will help. You know, Jeffrey was kind of uh, feeling himself a little bit, and he should, to be honest, uh, talking about the Eagles uh, organization, the front office. Um, you know, they always do that coach's photo, Ed, at the meetings. Uh, Nick Sirianni missed it, ironically. But when you look at that photo, and, and I had to count them up. The 32 coaches in the NFL, 13 have been through the Novacare complex. 13 hmm. at, at some of 32. And then you look at all the um, front office people that have been hired away just over the past few seasons. Is this the gold standard that Jeffrey Stor- Laurie got made fun of for back in the day? Because when well, people need help, they're on speed dial. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the the front office gold standard, um, you know, around the league, and, and even the coaching. Like you said, there were a lot of former coaches with ties uh, here in Philadelphia. So yeah, I, I that could be the gold standard. I mean, it's led to one Super Bowl championship, three appearances uh, since Lurie's taken the team over. Um, but yeah, they they do a good job of of uh, like and like Lurie said that they these guys that are under Howie Roseman aren't just like working in one area of the organization. They're not just working in say scouting and another one in football ops. These guys that are under Howie Roseman are getting experience at every single aspect of the operation, and that makes them more valuable because they've kind of seen everything from soup to nuts, uh, as Ricky Ricardo yeah. would say. Um, <laughs> And and by the way, to your point about Brian Johnson being a head coach, this is this is one of the places to be if you want to be a head coach. Yeah. And, you know, another thing about Johnson, he was, a, you know, and I was talking to people about this and they weren't aware of of this is that he played quarterback at the University of Utah. I mean, he's really good quarterback. He was the MVP of the Sugar Bowl. He beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl and was the MVP of that game, had a great game. So he's a guy that's played the position. He's a guy that he's like a Frank Reich who was a backup and a Doug Peterson guys that have success because they, you know, that's part of their resume is having played that position. And Johnson has that. So yeah, he, the the video game people will know whatever it was, EA sports. I think he was on the cover of the college video game. That's how good he was at Utah as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. But uh, all right, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Doesn't mean you can call plays. No, you can run plays. You can execute plays. Doesn't mean you can call plays. That mm-hmm. that's my only concern. Shane Steichen had a track record. We saw it. It unfolded. It was what it was last year. We're speculating on what Brian Johnson can do. I don't care whether he was on the cover of video game and or was the MVP of the Sugar Bowl. Can he actually call plays as well as Shane Steichen? Uh, my answer is I don't know. I, like I you know you guys I, believe shouldn't be. I don't. Issue. I I. I, I'm not with Ed fully there. I think Shane was really good at it. I think there's, you know, it's the same offense, but I always tell people, you saw the difference between Nick. It's Nick's offense. Shane's a better play caller. I mean, he just is. There's a feel to it in the moment. I think Shane was very gifted at it. Not was. He's just yeah. out of town. Is. 
Um, I think that's rare, Ed. I think there is going to be a step back. I don't think you get back to back. That's nothing against Brian Johnson. He's, I think he'll be confident. I think he'll be fine. I think the Eagles' offense is so talented. They're just going to out-talent people half of the time. But I don't know. Shane was really good, really good last year. Well, hopefully Johnson took uh, took copious notes on how it is done from Shane Steichen and learned for two years from Shane Steichen. I mean, he's a smart guy. I would assume that, yeah, you know, he paid close attention uh, to how Shane called plays. And I know there's a feel to it, and maybe that's an instinctual thing that not everybody will have. But I, I'm not – as far as my list of worries about this Eagles team going into 2023 – Play calling with Brian Johnson's probably down okay, the list. No. Fair enough. Yeah. And you know who agrees with you, Ed? That'd be the head coach, Nick Sirianni, because I remember him talking about he was always on the headset. He's there every single meeting. He's making suggestions. Yeah. I believe all that. I think that's probably all accurate. But then you got to make the exact right call at the exact right time. You got 40 seconds. To get, you got much less than that 40 seconds on the play clock. You got 20 seconds to figure it all out, get the information into the quarterback. It, it can be pressurized in the moment, so we'll see how that goes. I, Jeff Lloyd the other day talked about offense wins in the NFL. This is an offensive league in which we're in. It's about the offense. And if we had gotten the ball back, I have faith that our offense would have walked down the field in the Super Bowl and either tied it up. So do I, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I agree with him. I uh, might very well be right. What's the next offensive move for the Philadelphia Eagles? They've had to rebuild the defense more than anything else this year with all the free agents uh, that left, and they brought in a bunch of free agents other than moving Cam Jurgens to right guard, making sure that Kelsey guy is back at center. It's basically the same offense. If Jeff Lurie's worried about offense, it's all about the offense. What are the Eagles going to do next on offense, Ed Kratz? Well, I think they're going to go into the draft and, and start hunting some offense. To me, it was eye-opening that Nick Sirianni didn't throw his full vote of confidence behind Cam Jurgens to be the starting right guard um, in place of Isaac Ciamalu. And uh, with Reed Blankenship, Sirianni said, yeah, he's a starter. We have 100% confidence in him. He said he had confidence in Jurgens, but he didn't say he was the starter. He said it's too early to be talking about a so-called leader in the clubhouse at right guard. So that to me indicates they're going to start looking probably in the draft at, at someone that can come in and challenge to be the right guard. And to me, it's like a Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. He can play guard until maybe at what point he can slip out the right tackle to take over for Lane Johnson or Paris Johnson from Ohio state who played right guard for the entire 2021 season. And then last year, Johnson moved outside the left tackle, never skipped a beat. So that, to me, I think is what they're probably going to try to find is someone to challenge to be the right guard. I mean, Jurgens is a little on the smaller side, very athletic, but you look at guards in this league, Landon Dickerson, 6'6", 330. Brandon Brooks was 6'5", 335. Uh, Jurgens is 6'2", 6'3", 295, 300. That's, that's great for a center. You can hide that at center, especially if you're athletic like Jurgens. but we'll see about guards. So, to me – Guard is something they're probably going to try to find in the draft. And then you look at the wide receiver depth, uh, not great after Quez Watkins. You have Britton Covey, you have Greg Ward, you have Tyree Cleveland. Uh, not a lot there. So I think they're whether they do it as an undrafted free agent or later in the draft, I think they'll try to bring in a receiver uh, for depth. Uh, and, and then running back. I mean, if Penny gets hurt 
and Sermon isn't who you think he is, then what do you have? You have Gainwell and Scott and maybe Kennedy Brooks, who was, you know, on the practice squad last year. But again, that's a spot they could look to address as well. Everybody loves B. John Robinson. You know, I think he'd be great to pick at number 10, but, you know, the Eagles don't do that. That's not how they uh, operate. So I think they'll find a running back somewhere in the draft as well. Uh, but, you know, you have to look down the road, too, at this roster and some of the decisions they're going to have to make financially in 2024 and 2025 when Devontae Smith's contract is up after 24 and A.J. Brown's salary cap hit is like 40-plus million in 2025. <laughs> uh, Kenny Gainwell's contract is up <clears throat> in 2024. Yeah. So if you find a, a key piece in the first round, like a running back, then you have him for four <laughs> years through 2026 to operate with Jalen Hurts. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if they go running back in the first round. But I think they're – their first pick is going to be on the offensive line, and it's going to be someone with that guard tackle versatility like a Skaronsky or a Paris Johnson. Yeah, the cam point is interesting, Ed, because I, I saw that as well. You know, I I took it as, you know, he wants him to earn it. You know, the guy played, I think, 44 snaps last year. I mean, with Reed, oh yeah, he was undrafted, but he played a lot. He played over 300 snaps because of the various injuries in the secondary. And, and I wish, obviously I wasn't there. You weren't there. I wish somebody followed up and asked about Nicobe for that reason, um, because he didn't play either. He played just over 40 snaps. And how would he be handled that? Would he, he went down and eh, let's see, you know, of course, they don't have as much competition at linebacker. They don't have any linebackers. No. Um, but I, I, I would have wished that follow-up was there. That nobody asked about Nicobe because it'd be if he just slammed, you know, as Nick tends to do, slammed the table and said he's our starter. That it would have made me a little bit more. The antenna would have raised more about Can. You, 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 am I making sense to you guys? Because neither of them played. I think he just wants Cam to go win the job. I think he expects him to win the job, but he doesn't want to just hand him the job. Um, that's how I took it. Yeah, maybe, maybe the case. I mean, you mentioned Jack Driscoll in there too. Driscoll can play guard. So I just think there's going to be more added to that spot to go out and try to earn it and be the best guard he can be. But there are questions about Cam Jurgens' height, you know, especially the height, you know, when you look at guards, like I said, in this league. But yeah, Nakobe, you know, Jody asked me about the offensive, uh, you know, the next move. I mean, the next move on defense, who, who are your linebackers? I mean, you're putting a lot of faith and trust in the Kobe Dean, um, kind of like they're doing with Brian Johnson, you know, yeah. can he call plays? I mean, can the Kobe Dean be an every day, uh, you know, every down type linebacker? Can he cover? Uh, can he hold up over 17 games, a little on the smaller side? Um, a lot of questions there. And then what do you have after that? I mean, there's just not a lot there. They didn't address it in free agency. Uh, well, they did dra- They did sign Nick Morrow. I should I should amend that. Nicholas Morrow, the Nicholas 18th Morrow century be, author, yeah, I like he, to call him. Yeah, he, he could be the guy. I mean, led the Bears in tackles, just like Kaiser White led the Chargers in tackles before the Eagles signed him. Uh, Kaiser had a terrific season, so maybe Nick Morrow takes off. But they still need a little more there. And, you know, we talk about not taking running backs or safeties in the first round of the draft. Could the Eagles maybe at the bottom of the first round take a linebacker? Uh, you know, maybe because they just don't have 
you know, players at that spot. Could they take one in the second round? They took Michael Kendricks in the second round once upon a time. Uh, they took Davion Taylor in the third round. Uh, well, do you do you think Jeffrey Laurie kind of into that? I mean, that's what he said. You right. win with offense. Hey, that's like, right. I don't, I don't care about defense. I that's mean, right. But you still need somebody to play. And maybe they're confident that Sean Bradley can be in there or Davion Taylor, but it's just not – it just doesn't seem like enough. I thought they would make a stronger push for Bobby Wagner, bring in a veteran on a one-year deal. I think Levante David's still out there. I don't know what he has left. No, he's um, back with Tampa, I think. Oh, he is uh, back with Tampa. Okay, so I, I don't know what you know what's out there from a veteran standpoint that would come on the on the one year deal, but they they need more there. And how are they going to find it? Uh, really, you're kind of left with the draft at this point. Or once teams start making more cuts after the draft, which tends to happen once players start getting drafted at certain positions, that teams will start cutting some of the veterans after June, June 1st, baby, June 1st. So, you know, that's a position you're going to have to keep an eye on as well, because it to me is still a little thin filled with questions on the Kobe Dean. Stay in the veteran mode. And Oh, by the way, Ed, there's a better chance they draft a running back in the first round than they draft a linebacker in the first round. Hey, not, not, not Howie Roseman, not Jeffrey Laurie. They're not going linebacker in the first round. Yeah, right. offense, stretch a little bit to take a running back. You haven't done it in 30. Okay, yeah, they might go there. Not going to do it on, on the linebacker position. But I want to get back to wide receiver because I know you wrote about uh, Quez Watkins this past week. I think it's kind of an under-the-radar weakness that the Eagles have, the wide receiver position. Oh, we got AJ, we got Devontae. We're great. Right, and you're one high ankle sprain away yeah. from having to plug in someone else as your number two across from whichever your two-star wide receivers is still healthy. And I just don't have faith in Quez Watkins. They lost the irreplaceable ability to block at wide receiver when Zach Pascal went out the door. They got to go find that somewhere else. I think you could do that. But no, I'm talking about a legit third wide receiver who can catch the ball, make plays, move the sticks, get in the end zone. They've shown nothing as far as interest goes in any other wide receiver. And I know they had priorities, and I get it. That's a backup position as compared to starters on defense that you had to replace. Is the Eagle wide receiver depth right now for you a weakness? Well, you're right about the high ankle sprain. I mean, A.J. Brown seemed to get, you know, nicked up and bruised as the season went on. We saw him. He's such a physical player and such a big target and loves to pick up yards after the catch. You worry about A.J.'s ability to play all 17. Now, he's tough. He did it this year, even though he got banged up. We saw Devontae Smith take some shots that he's gotten back up from, but I think he was in a walking boot after the season. So, he's, you know, he – got nicked up too but yeah that's that's a big concern is the depth I, me i know people are concerned about quez watkins i'm fine with quez watkins sixth round pick over a thousand yards receiving in these last two years combined has he taken advantage of all the opportunities of the of the few opportunities that he gets as the third wide receiver no didn't really do a good job of that this past year um but as far as him coming back and being the third receiver, I'm fine with that. He's a cheaper guy on the last year of his deal. I think it's the last year, but it's still a rookie deal. So he's not making a lot of money, which is important, obviously, for this team with the, the what they're going to get with Jalen Hurts' contract extension. That's going to be a big hit. So you need cheap labor. Watkins fits that bill. He's a serviceable wide receiver, number three. The Eagles don't use the wide receiver, number three, a lot, but they do have to address the depth for injury's sake. Uh, and what's after him? Like I said, Covey. I mean, Britton Covey's a small guy. Uh, 
they're, they're going to bring somebody in. Yeah, here. they got to. They, they, they have some. to. Yeah, they do. Gonna, and, and you can't. I mean, look, if you lose players like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, you're taking you're taking a significant hit. But right. you'd like a little bit more depth. But you know what? If he makes that catch in the Super Bowl, nobody's got a problem with Quez Watkins. He didn't make it though. But he didn't. Um, That's right. At Kratz E, follow Ed on Twitter. I know you got to go to talk to Stolness, and you don't have to rip him. I'll rip him next week when he comes <laughs> on here. Uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. You mentioned, I'll leave you with this. You mentioned Trey Sermon before. We, we, we've been through this before, Ed, a hundred times. Last year it was Tay Gowan and Kerry Vincent, Mac McCain, and cornerback. We love these guys. We love these guys. It, it, Bradbury comes in, you never hear their names again. <laughs> um, you know, Nick sort of brought Trey Sermon up out of nowhere. Um, and uh, I'm buying this one a little bit more for this reason. One, I think, you know, Ed Kratz and Jody McDonald could probably get 500 yards with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback in this offensive line. So, you know, why not Trey Hurt Sermon? Cost effective. You mentioned cheap labor. Why can't this kid? He'll, he'll be healthy. You don't have to worry about that. You got to worry about it with Rashad Penny. Why can't he run for a thousand yards behind this offensive line? He might be able to. I mean, listen, he, he didn't get any opportunity last year. He had the one game against Jacksonville. I think yeah, two, two for 19, right? almost 10 yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, that's that's pretty good batting average right there. Yeah. So uh, I I thought Sermon should have been active a few times last year. I mean, you look at him, you see him. He's a big, strong-looking guy, man. Yeah, he's a big dude. Would, would be a load to tackle. And I think he'll be given every opportunity to show what he can do. Um, and he might have to, depending on the health of Rashad Penny. I mean, you know, not a lot of confidence he'll be able to stay healthy for 17. So you need somebody – to come in there and, and be the guy and sermon will be given that shot. And I think there'll be someone else that's going to be given that shot too, that they're going to find in the draft or, you know, after the draft, uh, we'll see. I mean, Zeke Elliott's still out there. If you want to take a flyer on him for yeah. one year, it's 4 million. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, sermon to me, I, I love watching him in that limited time. We saw him and talking to him, you know, he seems like he's a smart guy that he studies, um, I'd love to see him get a shot and see what he can do with it. All right, Ed, before we let you run, I'm going to give you a quickie quiz. Um, 11 years in the league, eight as a starter, playoff victories for Kirk Cousins. Uh, 11 year eight. Uh, I'll say, did he win one in Washington? Maybe, maybe, maybe one. I'll say one. One would be correct. And it was with <laughs> Minnesota. He didn't win in oh. Washington. Um, I don't think he made the playoffs in March, did he? Yeah, he did. Know. Yeah, oh, did he? he lost. Um, <laughs> he, he, he one year in the league, nine games as a starting quarterback, playoff victories for Brock Purdy. <laughs> uh, two, two, yes, in nine games as a starter in the league, as compared to eight years in the league yeah. as a starter. As we all know, it's quarterback versus quarterback in the playoffs. Nothing else matters. By the way, if it was quarterback versus quarterback in the Super Bowl, the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. But Jalen Hurts played a better game. But funny thing – John, we we never analyze quarterbacks for winning and losing games. That never I just think it's silly to say, you know, 
Again, did you look at all the other numbers? Ed's got to go. I'm sorry, Ed. Well, I don't want to look at Purdy's numbers. Purdy's numbers jump off the page. Are you kidding me? Are you going down? Are you seriously going down? 2019. All right, let's look it up. 2019, 107.4. A passer rating for Kirk Cousins. 2020, 105. 2021, 103.1. Last year was awful at 90. What do you think? What do you think Purdy's numbers were? I, 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 he, he, he led to, okay. How about this? 2015, 4166. 2016, 4917. 2017, 4093. 2018, 4298. 2019, he was terrible, 3603. 2020, 4265. 2021, 4221. 2022, 4547. That's Kirk Cousins. Please stop saying this. <laughs> well, he's got to And then there's back. one other number one playoff victory in uh, oh. eight years as a starter in the league. Oh. And oh, by the way, who had a higher quarterback a passer rating this year? Kirk Cousins or well, Kirk, uh, Kirk was bad. Yeah, Brock Purdy. How many games did he play? How many games he played, Jody? He played enough to win two playoff That's games. He, played, he started nine size. games in the league and won two playoff games. Kirk Cousins been starting in the league for eight years. He's won one. He's a he started 142 games. He's thrown for 4,000 yards all those times. He's got a passer rating over 100 five different times. This is an absurd conversation. This is yeah, we've had is. some absurd conversations. This is one of the most absurd conversations we ever had. I hope Brock Purdy turns into Kirk Cousins. If he does, he has a hell He's of an NFL career. He's already surpassed Kirk Cousins in playoffs. Oh, games. my God. <laughs> I'm going to walk off the show. This is absurd. Great. This is absurd. This is the dumbest conversation I've ever had. John, I'm, really worried about your, I'm worried about your blood pressure there, John. It is, I, I, my blood pressure has raised. It's absurd. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Cousins has the track record. Okay, it, give him that. Kyle can... Shanahan today, Kyle Shanahan will tell you honestly who the better quarterback is. And it ain't Brock Purdy, and that's his quarterback. Well, he had off this offseason to trade for him and didn't quite pull it off. Uh, so he's going back to Brock is, Purdy again next year. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Except for the fact that Brock Purdy did what he did in the games that he started this year. If you don't want to give him credit for that, that's fine. If you want to, which you argue all the time, players shouldn't be held to where they were drafted. I firmly believe that everybody is not giving Brock Purdy the the credit for what he accomplished because of his uh, track record, because of where where, where he was picked. The most talented team in football was arguably either the Eagles, not arguably, it was the Eagles or the 49ers. I would argue it was the 49ers. I said it was the 49ers all year. But I don't care. Go one or two. If Jimmy Garoppolo was there, they would have been in that position. If if Trey Lance was healthy, they would have been in that position. What about everybody else on that team? Number one defense in the NFL. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trent Williams. Brandon Ayuk, these guys don't against, matter. Do we hold that against Jalen Hurts because the Eagles were the number two defense in the NFL? Or do we put him as the number one quarterback because he was the number one Brock Purdy had a better passer rating than Jalen Hurts. Call him better than Jalen Hurts. That's dumb. 
That's dumb. But he had a better passer rating. But but Jalen actually won playoff games, which Kirsch Cousins never does. So that's, well, that's you moved the goalposts so much. I put I a heavy know. emphasis on I don't even know playoff where the goalposts yes. are. You moved the goalposts so you, John, much. You do the same thing. You do the same thing. When I when I walk into Lincoln Financial Field, I know that where the goalposts are. When I talk to Jody McDonald, I don't know where the goalposts are. I don't know where the goalposts are. But I do know this. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. We're going to have an NFL GM. We'll ask him the question. Who's a better quarterback? Okay. I think I know who the answer is going to be. I'll ask Stolness. We're going to talk about it on his show next. Well, he he picked Brock Purdy. Yeah, I know. But even he he had Brock Purdy at number nine. Jody's got him in the Hall of Fame. No, I just have him rightfully placed in front of Kirk Cousins. John, that's one that John Stolness got right. Uh, we'll let you go talk to John Stolness, Ed Kratz. Thank you very much for hopping out with us today. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Appreciate Thanks, it. Sorry, we That's kept Ed that, Kratz we get that too late with my rant. I mean, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb, Jody. All right. We'll be back with more dumb conversation here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? or reminds you to go with the flow, to get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today.
Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Welcome back, guys, here on Birds 365. Coming up in about 17 minutes, Randy Beulah, ex-NFL executive, going to jump aboard. Uh, we've got a bunch of things talking about the offseason that Howie Roseman has had and uh, building rosters and the like. Randy's always good whenever we punch him up. So he's going to join us in about 17 minutes. And the Seattle Sea Dragons, by the way. He is leading the charge for the second-best team in the XFL. Well, tied for the second best team. Name two Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh Ben DiNucci. Um I know the quarterback. Um and Well, who cares? I Quarterbacks I can't get, don't win games. Teams win games. I can't I can't well, teams do win games, but I don't pay attention to the XFL. That's not uh, an indictment on teams win games. Um I just thought it was interesting in that the only guy you knew was the quarterback. Well, I don't pay attention to the XFL. I, I I pay attention to the NFL, so I can name George Kittle, Nick Bosa. I can name the All Pros on the Forty ers There are going to be a bunch of XFL All Stars, whatever they call them, in the XFL that come to Seattle. But you can take Kirk, Kirk Cousins out of the conversation. I mean, you can bring up Derek Carr. You can bring up every everybody else on that list we mentioned are so far ahead of Brock Purdy. Hopefully, he gets to that level. Um. Yeah, I, I. That's one. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, come on, Jody. That's all I'll say. Come Hi, John. Uh, should Eagle fans feel um, upset? Should they feel? Um, I got to come up with the right word here. Uh, disrespected. Everyone talks about respect in football. I saw this this morning. Um, website that you can do gambling on putting out their over-unders for the upcoming year. The Philadelphia Eagle over-under num- number is 10 and a half. It's pretty good, by the way. Okay, you like that number. The San Francisco 49er over-under number, the 49ers who will be quarterbacked by either Brock Purdy can't play, Trey Lance has never played, Sam Darnold has proven he can't play, they're 11 and a half. 
So you've got the Philadelphia Eagles led by the best quarterback in the NFC, UI and uh, our buddy John Stolnitz all agree. Jalen Hurts, they're only 10 and a half, but the San Francisco 49ers with who the hell knows is going to be their quarterback or 11 and a half. Should Eagle fans feel disrespected? No, I think, you know, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt last year, I think, you know, people would have speculated that San Francisco, as I did, was the more talented team. Again, I think it's one, two, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, whether that's bare or not is, you know, highly regarded, still more highly regarded probably than Nick Sirianni that I might disagree with. I think, as you know, I think Kyle's the best play caller, but I don't think he's the best head coach. Um, no, I mean, they're number two. They lost all this in free agency. They lost seven starters. They lost three key reserves. They didn't add. All they added was one-year, $2 million players at the most. Um, and San Francisco has that roster and they've been able to keep most of it together. They lost Mike McGlinchey, who's a good right tackle, um, who got paid big time, but they haven't had the, the same amount of attrition. So no, it's not disrespectful. Um, they, you know, they might've been the favorites last year if the quarterback didn't get hurt. And remember the quarterback that got hurt is not even that good. They're a really good team, really deep team, and everybody in the NFL knows it. And and that's, you know, it's not disrespectful. All right. Well, then, if you can, and I'm asking you to read somebody else's mind, uh, those that put out those type numbers, the Eagles won more games than the 49ers did this year. The Eagles are now expected to win less games than the 49ers did last year. Did the 49ers get better or did the Eagles get worse? Uh, the Eagles got worse from a town. The Eagles lost, as I just said, they lost seven starters. One of their best starters, the best guy they lost, probably Javon Hargrave, went to San Francisco to, to, to further supplement what was a weakness. You know, they had Nick Bosa, but they didn't have a great pass rush inside. Now they have, in theory, on paper, a great pass rush inside to add to the defense that was number one. Now they lost the coordinator, but they brought in Steve Wilkes, who is highly regarded himself. Uh, They still have Fred Warner. Um, They still have Nick. Um, uh, They they didn't lose as much. It's about the Eagles' attrition. If the Eagles managed and they couldn't, and they knew it, and Howie told you 16 times over Sunday, we're going to lose players. If for some reason the rules were different, and they kept the same players, and they didn't lose the seven starters, they'd be at 11 and a half, and and San Francisco would be under them. But they lost more than San Francisco lost. So would you say that Lynch has either done a better job or is a better general manager than Howie Roseman? No, you're trying to get me to say they believe in Brock Purdy. They believe in the roster. John, I didn't even bring up Brock Purdy's name. I'm asking you about about Lynch. I asked you about the general manager. What are you talking about? If you think the San Francisco 49ers are 11 or 11 and a half, whatever they are, because of Brock Purdy, 
I mean, come on. John, okay. I didn't. I didn't bring up Buck. I asked yeah, you about the general Jody, manager. Come on, we were I'm comparing not, the I two wasn't born, John, I'm, we were comparing the two I rosters. I wasn't born yesterday. Offseason, and I you said the Eagles more than the 49ers, and the 49ers added Javon Hargrave. At no point did I bring up the quarterback's name. I'm just asking you, do you think Lynch has done a better job than Howie Roseman this offseason? I think Howie Roseman's a better GM than than John Lynch. Um, everything is a sliding scale. The Eagles, again, Howie told you, the Eagles went all in to win the Super Bowl. They came up just short. They had some salary cap issues. The salary cap is real. They were forced to move on some from some players that if the salary cap wasn't real or they didn't have salary cap issues, they wouldn't have moved on for. They didn't want to move on from Javon Hargrave. They had to move on. They didn't want to move on from Isaac Sayamalo. They had to move on from Isaac Sayamalo. They didn't want to lose these players, even CJ. They didn't want to lose CJ. But as he dragged his feet, they they didn't want to lose TJ Edwards. It's like they, you, they don't value the linebacker position, but if they could have gotten him back, they'd like to have TJ Edwards in the middle of that defense. They were forced to move on because they also have to pay the quarterback, which San Francisco doesn't have to do just yet. Maybe they will down the road, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, and I still think it's more likely Trey Lance. At some point, if he hits or Brock hits, um, and he hasn't hit, if he hits, that word is key, if they'll have to pay the quarterback and they'll be in the same situation as the Eagles are. And then they will have to make difficult decisions on players, whoever it might be at that time, uh, you know, but they're lucky enough that they don't have to make those difficult decisions. What they did with Mike McGlinchey, they'd like to have Mike McGlinchey back. Their right tackle isn't going to be as good next year, no matter what they do. That's a good, solid player. The Eagles lost more than the 49ers did, but that doesn't mean John Lynch is a better GM than Howie Roseman. I don't even think that one's that close, to be honest. John's done a good job, but I don't think he's close to Howie. Um, just and you're right about the whole quarterback thing, and it just feels weird with the Eagles because they haven't paid Jalen yet. We all know it's coming. It's got to come at some point. And if you don't think Howie is making moves, decisions like letting Hargrave leave and letting CJ leave and letting Edwards leave, because eventually they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. Well, then you're not just, just not paying attention. Of course, that's why they're doing this, because they know the inevitable payout to the quarterback is coming. Yeah, I'll give John Lynch credit for what he's done and also acknowledge well, that I don't he's think got he's it easier because he's got a guy, uh, he's got two guys who are one or the other is going to be there starting. I'm not, I'm, I'm, by no means that. am I saying John Lynch has done a bad job. I just said, you know, he's not, he's not Howie Roseman as a GM. He's also not, you know, Ryan Poles as a GM. He's, he's done a really good job. You know, that team has arguably, arguably been the most talented team from top to bottom for what three four seasons now um now and part Lynch of that the general manager the whole time yeah part of that is because even with jimmy who got paid a decent amount there's there's levels um there's levels and and they weren't at that astronomical rate uh so the, and they pit on 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 young players who turned into very good players 
Um, he's done a really good job. But I, if you force me to pick the better general manager of the two, I'm going to go with Howie Roseman. But I have tremendous respect for Howie Roseman. But getting back, so all you going back to your bet, going back to your original question about the betting, why is San Francisco ahead of Philadelphia from your perspective? Because I think Brock Purdy can play. So you think it's about Brock Purdy? Yeah. Uh, that's exactly and the fact what I when, you, when you say when you say Brock Purdy in the, the the conversation we're having, the makes absolutely nothing at the quarterback position Brock Purdy, which allows the 49ers to go out and get Javon Hargrave. Well, the Eagles have to watch Javon Hargrave walk out the door because they got to pay Jalen Hurts. That's a mega plus for the 49ers that they've got a quarterback who last year. Uh, in six regular season starts, had an over 100 quarterback ranking uh, five times, and in a playoff game, had a quarterback ranking of 131. Yeah, I think that's a big plus for the 49ers. And I'll, I'll remember this when you when you dismiss that they're going to look at Trey Lance again. They have a built-in excuse. They have a built-in excuse. Brock Purdy's injured. Brock Purdy's not going to be ready. I'm going to guarantee you this, right, Jody and and Xander. Please clip it. I guarantee you, they default similar to the Eagles with with Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata. Now Jordan won, Brock can win, but they're going to give every opportunity to Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback of that team, and they have a built-in excuse to do it. Built-in. Well, we're, we're we're speculating on when Purdy is going to be able to come back at this point. Uh, if you if you've got a more um, secure date that you think he's going to be able to play, he well, had um, UCL surgery. I mean, it's going to be a while. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to have an off season. I mean, that's you know, hopefully he can make it back by week one, but he's not going to have much of an off season. We already know that. Uh, understood, but uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what date Brock Purdy is going to be cleared to play in an NFL game. It may be week one. He may miss the entire year. If there's a um, uh, an issue with his rehab as he comes along, yeah, there's a chance he could miss the entire year. I See, I'm just not a Trey Lance fan. I think Trey Lance is the West Coast version of Zach Wilson. Uh, the, the, the more you get to see Trey Lance, the more you'll find out Really, we used the third pick in the draft on Trey Lance the same way the Jets have realized they used the second pick of the uh, draft on Zach Wilson and said, oh, shoot, we better go get ourselves an actual quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. That's That was my evaluation of Trey Lance coming out in the draft. Nothing he's done in the limited uh, amount of time that he's played in the league has changed my opinion. So, yes, I I do rate a guy who's actually gone in, won games, put up numbers, uh, won playoff games, over a guy who that you're tied to again, you and I talk about this all the time, and I thought we were on the same page. Too much of the NFL is determined by where you were drafted, that your pedigree determines how you should be viewed and how you should be looked at. When the truth is, once you put on the uniform, the only thing that really counts is your salary because you're playing in a capped world, that you should then be able to judge the players on what they actually do on the field. And Trey Lance has given me nothing for me to be able to say, yeah, that there's a there's a there's a quarterback. Well, I'm, I'm just saying they're going to default to him. 
and they, they they're going to default to him because they did. John Lynch is part of this because he's the one who went up and made the decision and put his reputation on the line and picked him where he picked him. I'm just saying they're going to default to him, just like the Eagles defaulted to Andre Dillard. Now, ultimately, Jordan Mailata won because he was that much better. So there's going to be an opportunity for Brock Purdy. There's going to be an opportunity to Sam for Sam Darnold even. Um, but they're going to default to Trey Lance because of where they picked him in the tra- draft, right or wrong. Um, that's just the way this league works. And it's, e- it's even easier because of Brock's injury. It's even easier because th- they're going to say, I-, I can predict it right now. They're going to say, well, he's not ready. He didn't have an off season. Uh, he's, he's still rehabbing. And all the time they're going to be looking at Trey Lance. Where's Trey Lance? Where's Trey Lance? Where's Trey Lance? How's he look? What's he doing? What's he doing? And if he, if he shits the bed, he shits the bed, but don't, don't close the book on Trey Lance. That's all I'm saying. Oh, if Brock can't go at the beginning of the season, yeah, Trey Lance is going to get every single chance. Despite the fact that I watched Sam Donald play as many games as I did, I think Sam Donald's got a chance to beat out uh, Trey Lance and be their starting quarterback. I think he does too. And I don't think Sam Donald's all that good to begin with, but he could be better than Trey Lance. All right, quickie timeout coming up. We've got Randy Mueller, ex-NFL executive of the year, MuellerFootball.com, does a podcast for The Athletic. We'll talk all things NFL with Randy Mueller next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, We got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. I'm hoping to hear from Randy Bueller, former NFL executive, uh, now the creator of uh, MuellerFootball.com, uh, podcaster for the Athletic NFL Podcaster. Uh, hope to get uh, Randy punched up in the next couple of minutes. Uh, here's one of the things I wanted to ask you about today. I don't know if you've heard anything on it, John. Um, Tyree Jackson. Restricted free agent. I know you and I talked many times after you were down at Eagles training camps and Tyree Jackson making plays and opening eyes. And the guy's just had a rash of injuries, one after the other after the other. He can't stay healthy. Uh, but uh, you said you thought that the Eagles really were intrigued by the potential that he sh- showed as a tight end. Have they just thrown up their hands and go, yeah, he looks great in shorts, but he never gets a chance to play. We never get a chance to really look at him compete. Have they given up on the Tyree Jackson experience? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they have. I think, you know, they kind of Grant Calcaterra's kind of lapped him uh, as that receiving tight end. I think they have a lot of, uh, they're pretty excited about uh, Calcaterra being, the receiving tight end. And that's one of those things you mentioned the injuries. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and people talk about um, the real injury that hurt him was that, that one in training camp when he, when he made, I don't know if you remember, he made this great catch in in the back of the end zone. We were all talking about it and he just landed. He went up, you know, he's a six, seven guy. So he went up and, and caught the football that, you know, few people on the planet would have been able to catch and landed flat on his back. And it was just the kind of thud that you heard, you know, throughout the entire Novacare complex. And, you know, we stayed on the ground for a little bit, managed to get back up, excuse me, and uh, ended up having that small fracture in his back. And it cost him like the first eight, nine games of the season. He was in, he was going to be on the 53 man roster. He was going to be in play. And, and then he, you know, other injuries as well. I mean, it was always a developmental prospect. Obviously he was a great quarterback in college at Buffalo. Um, and he made the transition. And I always brought up <clears throat> Logan Thomas from Washington as a potential mm-hmm. sort of, you know, cause Logan did the same thing. Yep, was a great college quarterback. Um, and it's just, yeah, I think the injuries have – and it's interesting you bring that name up because I keep I keep uh, meaning to ask the Eagles. He, he's – he's, I believe he's unrestricted now because the Eagles didn't tender him, but I haven't confirmed that. There have been – if you look online, some say he's restricted, some say he's exclusive, some say he's unrestricted. I, I think the Eagles may have not ten, tendered him. That doesn't mean they're not going to bring him back. Right. But I. But it's good you jogged my memory because I have to ask about uh, him and where he officially is. But 
Um, yeah, unfortunate, but I think Grant Calcaterra has kind of lapped him in the yeah, plans. Yeah, and that's the life of an NFL player. Injuries, even even when you're getting people excited, injuries could move you to a uh, another direction and maybe another team because I know we talked about him plenty on this show. And, yeah, we didn't uh, – it looks like we're not going to get the uh, fruits of the labor of – Tyree Jackson going forward. All right. Uh, do we have Randy Mueller ready to join us? <laughs> yeah, there he is. Yeah. And uh, head of MuellerFootball.com podcast host for The Athletic. Uh, Mr. Mueller, how you been? How's your offseason going? Doing great. Good to be back with you guys. Always good to see a couple of gray-haired guys on here like yeah, me. You know? Yeah, we, we got that. We got that. You got too much of that. <laughs> but uh, – you're rocking the Seattle Sea Dragons gear. I see that you guys are having a, a great season in the XFL. Second best record behind yeah. DC, who was undefeated. I I always want as a as a personnel guy. I, 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 is it fun to sort of start from scratch? You never get to do that in the NFL. Yeah. You get to build this team from scratch, and you know you're one of the best teams in that league. Well, it is. It's very satisfying. It's been an awesome experience, especially when you can do it with coaches and people who you have had affiliation with. Our head coach is Jim Hazlitt. Our yeah. offensive coordinator, June Jones. Our defensive coordinator is Ron Zook. All guys that I've worked with in the past. So it is fun to build it from scratch and kind of build it with the vision of what you're going to do schematically on both sides of the ball. So that part's been really cool. You, you're right. John, you don't get to do that in the NFL. When you take over an NFL team, and I've been lucky enough to, to do that three times, um, you're kind of stuck with what you got. You mm -hmm. might be able to swap out a third of the roster, you know, that first couple years, but you have salary implications. You've got other mistakes or other issues to deal with that were there prior to you getting the job and part of the reason you get one of those NFL jobs. So this is starting with a clean slate. Now, I've done this three times in the last four years, so I'm not sure I would recommend that. <laughs> but I, I will say this. Every NFL GM, if they could do this, it would make them a better GM at the NFL level. It has That's definitely taught point. me a yeah. lot. And the, the art of team building is not something you can duplicate. I mean, it's not something you can go out and practice in the yard. And it's not fantasy football. So I have learned a ton going through this, even after 35 years in the NFL. It's taught me a lot of decision-making, processing, a lot of things that, again, it, it, I have no desire to go back to the NFL. But if I did, I would, I would implement some of these things that we've used in building these teams for these spring leagues. All right, along those lines of NFL general managers, how many calls do you get a week from, if not GMs, scouts, assistant general managers, an NFL executive tied to an NFL team now that says, yeah, Randy, give me the real skinny. Uh, give me the give me the backstory to this player. How many guys are trying to pick your brain about guys either on your squad and or any of the other players in the league? I'll be honest with you. Those calls have not come, Jody Mack, at None. this point. They have not come. But okay. I, I would say this. If I were a GM in the NFL, I would not reach out until the season was close to ending. I just think, and I think it's a respect factor from the NFL guys. They okay. know you've built a team and you're in the middle of a season and they don't want to bog down what the process yeah. you have going is. I will get those calls without a doubt. I'll get calls from my buddies, from coaches, coach Hazlitt will get them. June will get them. Everybody will get those calls, but they won't come until later in the season. We've we're through six weeks. We have a 10 game season and two games in the playoffs. 
I'll be honest. I think we probably have a dozen guys that belong in NFL camps and, and I can pinpoint three or four that I think would really press to make an NFL roster. But I think the respect factor of the NFL guys understanding that we got to get through our season before they can get their hands on these guys is really why we haven't heard from people on a daily basis. By the way, for those in Philadelphia who don't remember, <clears throat> Jim Hazlitt almost was the Eagles coach in 99. Uh, yeah. The Eagles, it, it worked out pretty well for Philadelphia. They went with Andy Reid. <laughs> he was very close to getting the Eagles job. Yep. Um, I just wanted to mention that. he's He's been a great coach for a long time. Uh, your backup quarterback, Ben DiNucci, I want to bring this up. He's been, you know, the most – explosive quarterback in the XFL, mm-hmm. I would call it. Um, people remember him from Dallas. Yeah, you know, I And you go back, Randy, obviously. I, I think about NFL, well, it was Europe. It was the World League of American football first. Yep. And I think about guys like Brad Johnson and Jake DeLome and Kurt Warner, how much it helped them. I always thought the quarterback position, even more than any other position, to get better – you got to play. Yep. And I don't care if it's the XFL, CFL, USFL. Now there's exceptions. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years and became Aaron Rodgers. But how much, uh, how much do you think that is a personnel guy that quarterbacks, nothing like live reps? Yeah, it's, it's imperative. And I agree a hundred percent. And I've preached to the NFL really front office guys that I've talked to in the league office for years that once the developmental league went away, once the world league, once all of that NFL Europe went away, um, it was hard to develop quarterbacks because you're right. I've been around many of them who you watch them in practice every day. And that's great. That's one thing, but there's nothing like live reps when the lights are brightest playing under real bullets flying to find out who can step up and who can't. I've been around some great practice players who couldn't cover anything or play at in a game and vice versa. I've been around some guys who practice bad, but really were gamers. And so I, I agree with you. I I'm surprised that the NFL, and I know that it's a arduous process of developing players, but I'm surprised that they haven't hooked on to one of these spring leagues yet and kind of made it like that and sent us. See, we used to, John, send players from the NFL. We'd send six or eight guys every year to yeah, NFL Europe, yeah. and we could get development out of them. Shoot, we sent John Kitten, another quarterback, to throw in that mix yeah. of the na- with, with the names you've mentioned. And it was a great developmental grounds. And I thought that the NFL over all these years have lost by not having an NFL Europe or a spring league tied to their roster development, especially now. Think about it, guys. There's 16 guys on an NFL practice squad, 16 guys. If I'm an NFL GM – I would love to send eight or 10 of those guys to go play football instead of hanging around our place, lifting weights in February and March. They can get a lot more out of their bang for their buck as development as players if they go play. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully there'll be some some connection. I know our league, the XFL, has some shirt tail connections on other parts of the game, whether it's rules, officiating, some other things that the NFL has got its eye on. Um, I think player development is is something that, is imperative for the league and you hit the nail on the head, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Randy, I want to go down the ex general manager road with you because uh, every year in the NFL, you have different spots on the calendar. You look at that. This is what the team is trying to accomplish. We're in a version now of at least 
free agency three, the big guys got picked off, then the next level get picked off, and now you're kind of picking through the bargain basement things. So the attention is changed to the draft. We're less mm-hmm. than a month away from the start of the NFL draft. A month out of the, uh, from the draft, as a general manager, what are you doing? Who, who, how much are you uh, on the phone with your scouts every single day? When do you officially put your first board up and start to position guys around? How does the time frame of the draft work out after you've gotten the majority of your free agent work done? Well, you've already done that work with your scouts uh, in most cases. They've already and got a board is what you're telling No me. doubt. They would come All in right. February and we would stack a board before we even went to the combine in Indianapolis okay. from your personnel angle. After that, then you have the combine, you have the pro days, and you have your coach's assessment to work into that worksheet that you've started in February. So you have what is semblance of a draft board then. Now there'll be some 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 tweaking of it, but there won't be a lot of major moves for players. That's why I get a kick out of a lot of media folks say, "Oh, this guy's a fast rising player." Well, there's no fast yeah, risers. We no have a, we have had a dossier built for the last two years on these players. Yeah. If they fast rising, it's because you didn't know about them. That's what I'd like to say. Because the I, NFL well, guys, I have I, I try know. to tell everybody all the time, Randy. That just means we're getting more information. That's right. Not that's that exactly right. The information yeah. is disseminated out now to to yeah. some of those who didn't know it before. So that part of it is happening now. The pro days are going on, um, but you're really sitting down with your coaches now and fine tuning a group of players at each position that we can target. But to to double back on what you said initially with regard to free agency, Jody. That's still a factor. You say these are third tier free agents, but here was my thinking all along. And I think most guys still use this. Your signings of players right now are to places that give you options then on draft day to not have to select a need. We're going to sign three or four guys to one year contracts that are veteran guys. Now that frees us up in round four, five, and six to pick the best available players. So we can be true to our process. That's the other reason I wanted to always have a board set in February. I wanted to put that up against what's there in free agency and work mm-hmm. them together and, and, and use one to supplement the other and vice versa. So it's all a giant process in NFL GM's minds. They've got about 15 balls they're juggling at all times. And it's only gotten more hectic with the way trades are made now and the, uh, the way you can move some cap money around. Now, as part of trades, you, you guys have seen it. Teams are willing to pay salary to get more in comp compensatory uh, or, or from compensation yeah, from other right. teams. So different it's, it's becoming more NBA like more major league baseball like, and, and I don't think that's bad for the game at all. Yeah. I think I've heard it uh, 3000 times over the years, Randy, from people like you talent is the <laughs> worst evaluator and uh, that need is the, the worst talent evaluator yeah. of professional sports. So, if well, you, most most teams make more mistakes because they're trying to fill a depth chart or trying to fill a need than anything else. Yeah, and and yeah. I think I've been around it. We've all been around it where teams will do something. And, and I remember saying, "Whoa, we just passed on about 15 names yeah. on the board that were above this guy that we've spent all year really lining up to yeah. fill a need. So you end up filling a need with a bunch of average players and you skip the better players on your board. And, and that yeah. happens in the NFL still to this day. Yeah, it's tough. And uh you know, I what I'm because of what's going on in the league right now. Yeah, I want to 
I want to tap into your GM hat about something a little bit different, and that's about agents and dealing with agents, and more importantly, dealing with players that don't have agents because Lamar Jackson, and that has become a situation where, look, I mean, you can blame Baltimore. You can talk about how good Lamar is as a player, and he's a great player, but more comes into it than player X is better than player Y and say, we got to go get that guy. There's budgets, there's plans. There's all these things that you've set into place. How difficult as a GM is it to deal with somebody who's negotiating for themselves? Well, it's really difficult. In fact, I'm convinced that that is a major stumbling stone with why Lamar hasn't received um, the action that he probably thought he would. It's it's one thing to negotiate with a employer that you've been with for four years that you kind of know and trust. It's another that once the Ravens put this tag on him and this road was mapped out, it's another to, to negotiate with five or six teams on multi-leveled complex deals. I would only say this in, in, in regard to myself, and you draw from it what you wish. I've negotiated contracts my whole life. I've done hundreds, literally maybe even thousands of contracts. I think if I were negotiating a contract for myself, I would still hire an agent for me to do that because none of us are smarter than all of us. And I would do it from a wisdom standpoint that I want the the help around me to bring me more information than I can acquire myself. The negotiation part, yeah, I'll be involved in that. But I've done hundreds of these deals and I don't want to be the only supplier of intel and information when it comes to negotiating one of these deals because it's multi-leveled and again that comes from a negotiator who's done it his whole life in the shark infested world of the nfl so i don't know how this kid can do it i really don't love the phrase none of us is smarter than all of us that that, no truer words were ever spoken all right i got another negotiating question for you this soft season, the Eagles are going to try and get a deal done with Jalen Hurts. And Howie Roseman spoke about it plenty that uh, it's great when you've got a rookie quarterback waiting for you. And it's also great to know you've eventually got to pay that rookie quarterback because yeah. he's gone to the level that Jalen Hurts has. Who's the guy that you negotiated a contract with that you loved it because he was a great player for you and you were looking forward to paying him? but it also scared the bejesus out of you because you knew it's going to be big bucks and eat up a big portion of your salary cap, which is the biggest, uh, the, the negotiation that had you losing sleep more than any other. Well, I've never had a Jalen Hurts, so I'll credit the Eagles for exactly at the end of the day finding what we all are looking for and has developed into a great player. And the money that these guys make now has changed the landscape for yeah. doing what you said. I can only equate it to a couple guys in my mind and, We had it in Seattle years ago with Joey Galloway, which ended up being a trade to the Cowboys instead of signing a a multi-year deal with us. I remember this, doing an extension with Cortez Kennedy back in the day. And Cortez and I were good friends to his death. He was like my little brother, loved him. Um, But I remember after we agreed and and Robert Fraley was his agent. I don't know if you guys remember Robert Fraley, but he was the the agent who went down with Payne Stewart in the plane crash Uh uh, years ago. He had a couple players. One was Cortez. And we had negotiated a multi-year, at that time, a lot of million dollars contract. And I remember Cortez sitting in my office across from me and the sweat was like pouring down his brow. And I found myself kind of hot and sweaty too. And I said, (laughs) what's wrong with this? What are we doing? We were both nervous because this deal was big, big money at that time. 
Um, and so it is real. The pressure is real. I didn't have the doubts. I think that you're, you're, referring to Jody because I knew Cortez and I knew he was re- already a great player. It's the ones like this. And these quarterbacks are the best example of that, that go from making $2 million to $50 million. Those yeah. are the ones that that's, that's yeah, yeah. I don't miss that part of it. I really yeah. don't. You've got to be right. And it was easy to extend Cortez because we kind of knew he was going to be in the hall of fame already, but this, these deals are different than anything I've experienced. So I'm yeah. not going to say I know the feeling at all that Howie Roseman has, or that somebody would have. Now, I think it's easier to do a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or a more traditional like player at that position, because history shows that those guys, you don't have as many doubts. Now, Jalen is a little different in that his road has been different. His development has been different and the system and his skills are a little different. Now that can also relate to a guy like Lamar Jackson too. Yep. His, there's there's some similarities there as to when a team where they're willing to go. So each to his own. Um, they know what they're doing in Philadelphia. I, I think it's at the end of the day, you can't have regrets about having a quarterback that's deserving of this money. So in the end, I think what'll happen with them, and you guys know more about this than me, I think it'll be a deal that comes in a little under where people thought. But the narrative will be, I'm going to do what's right for the team. I want to get more players with it. It'll be the Tom Brady approach. And he'll be redoing this thing every two or three years. So the guarantees really won't matter. Like Lamar wants to stand on the hill of guaranteed, fully guaranteed deals. His deal is going to be fully guaranteed. It just won't optically serve the purpose that he wants. Jalen Hurts is going to have a fully guaranteed deal too, just like Dak Prescott has, just like anybody else who signs these deals where the, the guarantees are in excess of $130 million. Yeah, Joe Banners brought this up a couple of times, and I thought it was interesting, Randy. He, he said, if he were one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Jalen Hurts, you mentioned Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, he would want a shorter-term contract because now that we have the new – uh, TB deal, it's in place. You could see the escalation. You could see where the salary cap's going to go. And if Jalen Hurts or any of those guys sign for an average annual value, as you point out, isn't a big deal. It's the guarantees. But if mm-hmm. they block themselves in, like the Patrick Mahomes deal, I mean, that's the most team-friendly deal in the NFL right now, honestly. And mm-hmm. it looks so massive at the time, whatever it was, 10 years at the time to astronomical should these guys want to sign two, three year deals that are fully guaranteed, get back on the market or is that financial security? Where do you come down on, on, on that bench, so to speak? Well, here's the thing that I always entered into, and it doesn't seem like players are affected by this as much as they were back in the day. They're one play away from some kind of career-ending injury. Yeah. So you have to have that protection and, in my opinion, the security of a long-term deal. So I don't know what the happy medium is there. If I'm a team, I'm looking for a longer-term deal. I don't. I haven't thought it through like Joe. He's way smarter than me. But <laughs> I want this guy secured for a long time if I can do it. And I want the b- ability to manipulate that deal in its later years. So we are going to, at some point, sure, have to have some dead cap money. I know that's part of 
the cost of doing business nowadays, but I want to control that. And I want to be able to manipulate that deal so that we can continue to add players to the mix, but yet not have this guy come free to where we have to put a crazy tag on him of a $50 million cap count. I want to be able to kick the can a little bit, if that makes any sense to kind of move some money out. Yeah. That's what Howie does. Yeah. When, when the cap number goes up, that's when the restructure comes. That's right. Yep. All right, I'm going to drag you back into a hypothetical NFL general manager question, <laughs> sure. if that's okay, Randy. Yep. Um, a lot was made this last month and certainly this past week about uh, streaming on Amazon on Thursday nights. Thursday night football is what it is, and uh, there was conversations about giving them the ability to flex in games at the end of the season – as it sits right now, all they're giving them is the ability to use the team more than once that the better teams are going to be in position to play two or maybe even three times on a Thursday night. I don't know if they'll go all the way to three with teams. That'd be pretty brutal. But if you're a general manager, do you pick up the phone and call the owner before these owners means go, hey, you got to fight the fight here. Thursday night football sucks. Our players hate it. <laughs> Our coaches hate it. We understand it's a business, but you got to try and hold the line for us here, uh, Mr. Owner. Or do you just wait for the owner to ask you? Do you not go there because it's not your purview to be talking about billions of dollars that the league is or isn't going to make? How would you handle it if you were a general manager today and something like this was being discussed and you know it's going to have an effect on your team? Right. Do you aggressively give your opinion to the owner? Do you wait for him to ask for it? Well, I definitely would seek him out to advise, that's for sure. I would want to go to bat for our players and for our coaches in this regard because I'm with you. I don't like where it's headed. I don't like what it does to our players. But even more important than that, I don't like the quality of the product that we see on Thursdays either because I think it stinks. And you can't tell me that that's quality football. And I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to that. Hey, I struggle with a spring league like we have when I'm not getting NFL type results, you know, every day when you watch practice. So when I watch these Thursday night games, sometimes I just shake my head. I I really don't want to watch it. And I know it's done for the almighty dollar. I get Mm -hmm. it, but I'll say this, and this is kind of old man on my porch telling the kids to get off the yard. When Paul, I do that every day, right? When Paul Tagliabue and Gene Upshaw were in charge of running our business, I know for a fact that the good of the game was the determining factor in a lot of decisions that they made. I see us now at a place where they don't do things for the good of the game. It's for the almighty dollar. And it's there's so many people in the league office level and obviously all of ownership, they're determining the bottom line. And I think that at some point, football common sense has to come into play where they've got to decide some of these things for the best thing to do for the game, the game itself. Um, and I think that's Thursday night. I just don't think it's good for the game, what they're doing. Yeah, they're going to make a few more dollars on it. And maybe they're trying to help Amazon, who, in my opinion, put out a crazy bad product on TV last year in, the, in their um, game analysis and everything else that they do. I think that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. But I think they're trying to boost their ratings. They're trying to boost them up. And Amazon's might be saying, hey, we need better quality teams. When I think if Amazon could do a better job of telling the story, it might go a long ways toward people watching as well. 
It's a good point at uh, Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter. Make sure you put the underscore follow Randy there, former NFL executive of the year, personnel director of the Seattle Sea Dragons. Good luck there. We hope you knock off the uh, DC defenders. I guess they're the best team in the XFL right now, undefeated. Yep. Uh, the athletic uh, football GM pod with my buddy Mike Sando uh, uh, does a great job there as well too long we we don't have enough time to get to your whole resume randy but um uh last one for me because it's a big thing here i don't know why and this is i i tell jody this and i want to run up by you the the so-called tush push the eagles uh became sort of uh, the rage of the nfl yep. uh with this sort of pushing the quarterback and the quarterback sneak were so effective I, I kind of look at this counterintuitively, Randy. I think it would be positive if they would have banned that. They're not going to. It's still going to be in there. Because Jalen Hurts is going to be good at it anyway. I think the rest of the league is going to catch up. They already did, started last year. They're going to start putting guys in the backfield, pushing their quarterbacks. I think it becomes less an advantage for Philadelphia. Do you think I'm crazy? And get into your bridger point of good for the game. Is that play good for the game? Because it's not the most aesthetic play in the world. Yeah. I would say this, and I'm far from a football purist. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's embarrassing for our game, to be honest with you. I think the pulling, pushing, all that is, is not part of football. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Um, I'd like to hear their theory on it, whether it's the competition committee or some of the people that put this rule into place. I don't think it's great for player safety either. I think it's a one, one big rugby scrum which really isn't part of any strategy, isn't part of any design. I think it kind of dumbs down what could be a really exciting play on fourth down um, and makes it into a, a, an extra point per se. I don't like it, and, and I wish they'd do away with it, but that's just my personal feeling. I aesthetically believe like you do that it, I think it looks bad. Um, I, I don't understand the positives from it. I'd like to hear that. I'll uh, adhere to this theory. There must be something that I don't know, guys, that the knowing of which would change everything because I don't see it right now. Like you and Peter King uh, have the same opinion. Mm. As soon as a quarterback gets hurt, everybody's going to change their opinion. Yeah. Oh, my God, why didn't we ban it? Why do we? Yeah. It, it, no one got hurt last year. So <laughs> that's why I think the competition committee right. said, yeah, we can't get to 24 votes. We're not going to. Oh, they'll get to 24 votes if a key quarterback gets yeah. hurt. This In a hurry. Year. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, great stuff. We appreciate it. Whenever you jump on, thanks for doing so today. We're definitely going to get you on before the season gets underway. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed catching up. Thanks, that Randy. Is Randy Mueller. Uh, check out his podcast on the Athletic uh, NFL uh, podcast. Mike Sando is his co-host. I yeah, Mike Sando. Sando football uh, football GM podcast. Uh, uh, Randy I, does I, a good, great. I've job. never seen the pod. I like Sando as a writer. I think he's a great writer. So I'm sure if he and Randy are doing a podcast together, it's got to be great. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. I, I we we only got time for uh, one question, and I can tell you what it's going to be ahead of time. Because I was a little uh, surprised by what uh, Randy said. The Thursday night Amazon broadcast. Not the what does Thursday night do, short week, long week, injuries, players reaction. Blah, blah. No, just the broadcast itself. Uh, I've got a, an opinion on it. I want to get yours. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back here next on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Welcome back, guys. Put the wrap on this Thursday edition. Uh, you want to be here tomorrow. Uh, the Prince of Darkness, uh, Rob Groats, is going to be on with us. I don't think we've had Groats on since they re-signed James Bradbury, have we? Uh, we did. We had him on since He Brad. was on after yeah. the re-sign? Yeah. All yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm um, not sure if that's the case, uh, but uh, we'll have Groats on. Groats is great. Um I do want to ask you this one because Randy opened up the door with what he said about Thursday night football. He's not going to be popular in Philadelphia with that touch push stuff. Uh, that's right. You, you know, I'm kind of with you that even though it's counterintuitive, the Eagles actually could have benefited. Yeah, he didn't. Have, I wish I, I, I shouldn't have. I should have got him on. I should have followed up that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I think yeah, you, you and I see that that yeah. one exactly the same. All right, but I want to see if you see this the same as me as well. 
he talked about the broadcast, the presentation of Thursday night, separating pre and post game with the actual game itself. What did you think about the Thursday night in-game broadcast this year? I didn't have a problem with it, but, but I will say I, I don't watch pre and post game. I mean, literally, I mean, I can't even tell you what went on. I can't tell you who they were, the people that, so I think he was talking about that, the whole, you know, picture. And I mean, I'm just turning it on for kickoff and I, I did the game and that's everywhere. Now, usually on Sundays, I'm at the Sundays stadium. You're kind of busy at the stadium. Yeah, yeah we get so, that. <laughs> but, but even if, even if the Eagles are the standalone game, they're playing on Monday or, you know, Sunday night or, I still don't watch pre. I mean, I I haven't watched a pregame in years, so I can't I can't talk um, about that part of it. But in game, I thought it was fine. Yeah, here's my take. I came in to the season <laughs> with the Thursday night Amazon package skeptical about one of the two main participants, and it was Kirk Herbstreit. Not that I don't think Kirk Herbstreit's a good announcer. I think he is both pre, during, everything else. He's very good at what he does. In college football, this is a whole nother beast, NFL. And I'm going, really? You're going to entrust one of the bigger analyst jobs to a guy who does no co- no pro football? I thought Herb Street was great. Uh, it, the, the amount of effort he must have put up to get into up to speed and talk to people and tell stories of who he talked to for the week before leading up to the game. I thought he was phenomenal. And I thought it was a major mishire by Amazon at the time. And the critique that Al Michaels got because people didn't like the way he called the end of one game at the end of the year. Oh, my God, he packed it in. He's an old man. He doesn't care. It's Thursday night. He's a – what a joke. He's one of the greatest play-by-play guys of all time. And people are just ripping him a new A-hole because they didn't like one end-of-game call. Well, that was just ridiculous. Those people are nuts. I mean, Al Michaels, think of it this way. He's Jason Kelsey. He can do what the hell he wants. Uh, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize Al Michaels. You know, the weird thing about Kirk Herbstreet, when I, when I first heard he was going to do it, I thought he was leaving college. I thought he was leaving college and I was like, wow, that's weird. Uh, but he was obviously able to do both. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that criticizing Al Michaels. I am not criticizing Al Michaels. Oh, there was um, a lot of it, John, and not just all social media, print uh, analysts of uh, broadcasts and the like. Oh, he he took some grief from several. Oh, uh, yeah, everybody. I mean, the consistency that he's had for that much time. I mean, how many people can sit there and say? They're even in the same conversation as Al Michaels. Uh, you know, we're talking about one hand. Like, I think Kevin Harlan's the best announcer right now. Everything. NFL? I think, Kevin, I think he's great at football. Does Westwood one. I think he's phenomenal at basketball. I think he's just off the charts. But, you know, you can pick when you're at that level, you can pick and choose. Um, and Al's at that level. I mean, uh, you know, people, people criticize – that's like criticizing, you know, LeBron James right now. All right, is he was was he is he right now what he was at thirty? No, of course not. But he's LeBron James. Shut the hell up. All right, you know he's earned a little 
below gravitas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the smallest of slippages, people feel the need to note and uh, try and drag you down. All right, uh, J-Mac, we got uh, Groats tomorrow and... Uh, uh, Blake Pettenfield, another uh, former personnel executive in the NFL. So, I, yeah, should, probably should have gotten to more draft stuff with Randy, but there's so many stories around the NFL. Uh, with Lamar, and I didn't even get to Aaron Rodgers. I wanted to ask him about Aaron Rodgers, the leverage there. We didn't get to that. We'll get into some draft stuff with Blake. He's he's really good with draft stuff. So Blake Bangfield and Bob Groats tomorrow when Mac and Mac return in too. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.